We are back with some more college basketball action here for Friday, March 10th. We got a great conference tournament week so far. A lot of great games scheduled here for Friday as well. So let's jump right into it. Now we start today's show off in the SEC tournament as Tennessee takes on Missouri. Tennessee comes into this game as the third overall team in the hot tippet power ranking. Missouri is the 71st overall team. And, you know, obviously Missouri had a decent season overall, end up going 11 and 7. Tennessee also going 11 and 7. And, you know, for Missouri, finished the season very, very strong, winning their last four games, coming to this game, um, you know, not having played in the SEC tournament yet, but a win over Ole Miss on Saturday. Day, as far as Tennessee goes, obviously got the win over Ole Miss on Thursday um, to get to this game, a 15-point victory there in that one. And, you know, that was a very telling game for this Tennessee squad, you know, seeing what they were going to look like without Ziegler on the court and, and you know, how they were going to function, um, you know, in the SEC tournament down one of their star players. But overall, it's a Tennessee team um, that has played very well this season. Obviously, you know, they're not the greatest shooting team. They're not the best offensive team in the country, only a 50.2 effective field goal percentage only hitting 32.8% from beyond the arc. I mean, certainly on paper, Missouri is going to have the advantage on the offensive side of things. I mean, just purely statistically speaking, Missouri has been one of the best shooting teams in the country, certainly one of the best in the SEC, a 55.5 effective field goal percentage for them on the season and hitting 36.2% from beyond the arc but obviously tennessee makes for up for some of those offensive lackings um on the defensive side of things coming to this game as the number one team in the country in defensive efficiency while well, missouri is the 194th overall team and really as far as the tennessee shot defense goes it just can't get any better. I mean, they're the number one team in the country as far as effective field goal percentage goes, only giving up a 41.7 effective field goal percentage in the year. Missouri allowing a 52.2 effective field goal percentage. Tennessee's also only allowing 25.8% from beyond the arc, the number one three-point defense in the nation. Um, Missouri allowing 35.5% from beyond the arc. Another strong area that Tennessee has really excelled this season is in the rebounding department, pulling down 72.8% off the defense of glass missouri is dead last in the country defensively rebounding the basketball only pulling down 62.2 percent um, off the defensive glass and you know likewise for tennessee they've been really good on the offensive glass the fifth best offensive rebounding team in the nation pulling down 37 percent while missouri only pulling down 27.5 percent i mean certainly defensive um, play and in rebounding for Tennessee is going to be a major, major contributor in this game. And really the key for Tennessee is just slow down the Missouri offense. If they can get their shooters, you know, off balance, take them out of rhythm um, and kind of eliminate them from this game. I see absolutely no reason that Tennessee can't win this matchup and do it in big fashion, even without one of their stars on the court. Taking Tennessee minus five and a half here against Missouri. Now, for this next game, we head to the ACC tournament as Duke takes on Miami. Duke comes into this game as the 11th overall team in the high-tip power ranking. Miami is the 36th overall team. And, you know, both these teams obviously getting wins yesterday um, in their first-round games. Duke, the win over Pittsburgh, a massive win um, for this Duke squad in that game. Miami ends up only beating Wake Forest by two points. And, you know, for me, that was great because we bet on Wake Forest in that game. But, really, it was a game that was pretty much 
much dominated, um, you know, by Miami up until the final media timeout in that game, which certainly matters, right? You know, that's not the, the greatest stat line for a team um, in their conference tournament, but it's a Miami team that really closed out the regular season, playing some very good basketball, winning eight of their last nine games. Duke, though, also playing very good basketball as of late, winning their last six games of the regular season and overall two teams um, that are just getting hot at the right time here in this one. Um, offensively speaking, though, Miami certainly has the edge and they've been a very good shooting team this season, a 55 effective field goal percentage on the season, and they're hitting 37% from beyond the arc, not to mention they're dropping 77.6% from the free throw line, certainly a stat line that you want with a team come March, and Isaiah Wong is a big reason why they've been a great shooting team all season long, um, leads this Miami squad with 15.9 points per game, but overall it's a Miami team that really does a good job distributing the basketball um, and getting a lot of guys involved in this offense, and obviously Duke hasn't been too far behind them as far as shooting goes, a 50.9 effective field goal percentage on the season, hitting 33.2% from beyond the arc, and they themselves have been a good free throw shooting team as well, hitting 76.7% from the free throw line. Defensively speaking, though, Duke certainly has a great shot defense, only giving up a 46.3 effective field goal percentage and 30.5% from beyond the arc. Miami allowing a 51 effective field goal percentage and 33.2% from beyond the arc. But one area that Miami has really excelled, and I think they can, you know, kind of use to their advantage here against Duke in this game, is going to be in the turnover department. You know, Miami forcing turnovers on 18.1% of their opponent's possessions, while Duke only forcing turnovers on 16.8% of theirs. Um, you know, Miami also only turning the ball over on 16.6% of their own possessions, while Duke turning it over on 18.3% of theirs. And these were two teams that split the regular season matchups, both getting the wins at home in those games. But even on the road for Miami at Duke, they played a very, very close, very competitive game, only ended up losing that one by two points. And here on a neutral court, definitely going to favor Duke a little bit, but on a neutral court, given Miami three and a half points in this game, I think it's just too many. I think they keep this one close. Um, and, you know, I think they're just the better team. Taking Miami plus three and a half here against Duke. And quickly, before we get into the second half of today's show, if you haven't already checked out the website, head over to HotDipBets.com. Got college basketball, NBA, NHL, UFC, and horse racing picks being posted up there every single day. So make sure you take a look at all of that. Also, follow the Hot Tip Bets main account at Hot Tip Bets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter to stay up to date with all the content being posted over there, as well as my personal accounts at Hot Tip Bets Chris on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter to stay up to date with all the content that I am putting out, and also on BetStamp where you can get early access to all my picks and get a notification every single time that I place a bet. And last but definitely not least for watching here on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell notification so you don't miss out on any future uploads. And most importantly, drop a comment down below. Let me know who you guys are betting on here for Friday's card. Let's get into the second half of the show. Now we head out to Las Vegas for the WAC tournament as Grand Canyon takes on Sam Houston State. Grand Canyon comes into this game as the 111th overall team in the Hot Tibet Power Rankings. Sam Houston State, the 115th overall team. And, you know, it's really a WAC conference that I absolutely fell in love with here the past few weeks of the season. Have bet all sorts of games. And it's a Sam Houston State team, on the other hand, that I have really liked all season. Obviously, you know, looked great through WAC play, started the season out, um, you know, in non conference play with a couple of solid wins and then you know towards the end of whack play um 
were just really playing their best basketball. Ended up going 14-4 and in the conference. Now is worth mentioning their only regular season game against Grand Canyon. A game at home was one that Sam Houston State lost, but that game going to overtime, a four-point loss for them in that game. Certainly look to write that here in this one, um, but it's not going to be easy. Obviously, Grand Canyon is a very good team as well. Ended up going 10-7 and um, you know, in conference play. Coming to this game, following the win over Seattle yesterday, Sam Houston State, the win over Cal Baptist. And offensively speaking, they are two very good shooting teams. Grand Canyon, a 51.9 effective field goal percentage on the year and hitting 36% from beyond the arc. But Sam Houston State isn't far behind, a 51 effective field goal percentage on the season. And they have been deadly from the perimeter. The sixth best three-point shooting team in the entire nation this season, hitting 38.9% from beyond the arc. White Grant has led the way for Sam Houston State, dropping 13.8 points per game this season. Um, you know, has really excelled and really done a great job there. But the biggest reason I have loved this Sam Houston State team all season long comes on the defensive side of things. Coming into this game as the 13th overall team in defensive efficiency, while Grand Canyon is the 197th overall team. And the shot defense for Sam Houston State has played very well. Um, but so is Grand Canyon. You know, for Sam Houston State, giving up a 47.6 effective field goal percentage. Grand Canyon, a 47.3. Um, Sam Houston State also holding their opponents to 32.4% from beyond the arc. Grand Canyon, 32%. Um, but one area that Grand Canyon has struggled on the defensive side of things is in the rebounding department, only pulling down 69.4% off the defensive glass. Certainly an edge for Sam Houston State um, in that category, pulling down 74.5% off the defensive glass. But Sam Houston State has also been very good in the turnover department defensively, the 12th best team in the country when it comes to forcing turnovers, forcing turnovers on 23.5% of their opponent's possessions, while Grand Canyon really struggling, only forcing turnovers on 15.4% of their opponent's possessions. And with how well Sam Houston State has played on the defensive side of the ball, how well they can shoot the ball from the perimeter, it's a Sam Houston State if they can get hot and slow down this Grand Canyon team even just a little bit. I see no reason they can't get revenge on a team that beat them in the regular season. I think Sam Houston State continues the run they've been on um, and gets the win here in this game. I'm taking Sam Houston State minus two here against Grand Canyon. We stay in Las Vegas for the final game of the day, heading to the Pac-12 tournament as Oregon takes on UCLA. Oregon coming into this game is the 40th overall team in the high ticket power ranking. UCLA is the second overall team. And if you've watched the show all season long, you obviously know what was about to happen uh, when I talk about any game involving Oregon. But to give them some credit, they do come into this game following um, the win over Washington State on Thursday night on a four-game winning streak coming into this game. Um, obviously, though, UCLA. UCLA has been one of the best teams in the country all season long and certainly the best team in the Pac-12 this season. Enter this game on an 11-game winning streak, but that isn't without a little bit of an asterisk. Obviously, Jalen Clark, um, you know, their second leading scorer out for the season with a torn Achilles. So um, certainly a man down and certainly a major man down for this UCLA team, but they still looked good on Thursday night against Colorado, end up winning that game by 11 points. And overall, it's obviously a UCLA team that has just played very, very good basketball basketball this season on both sides of the ball they've done a good job shooting it a 51.2 effective field goal percentage 34.8 percent from beyond the arc um jimmy hoskins has been a strong scorer even without clark a 17.5 points per game for him this season um you know truly a ucla offense that has a lot of talent um and if there's one area that oregon has played decently well it is going to be on the offensive side of things a 51.7 effective field goal percentage on the year and hitting 32.3 percent from beyond the yard but my biggest gripe with Oregon all season long truly has been on the defensive side of things 
I just don't think they're a great defense team. And in, in some of the areas where they have excelled, um, I think it's been a bit fraudulent at times coming to this game. It's the 70th overall team in defensive efficiency, while UCLA is the number two team in the country in defensive efficiency. And the UCLA shot defense has played very well this season, only giving up a 47.3 effective field goal percentage of the year, while Oregon allowing a 48.3. Um, Oregon really struggling with the perimeter, allowing 34.6% from beyond the arc. Well, UCLA only giving up 31.6% from beyond the arc. And UCLA has played very well in the turnover department. Do a great job holding onto the basketball and they do a great job forcing turnovers. And that's one area that Oregon's really struggled on both sides of the ball. I mean, UCLA is the seventh best team defensively at forcing turnovers, forcing turnovers on 27.1% of their opponent's possessions. Oregon only forcing turnovers on 16.7% of their opponent's possessions. Um, and UCLA does a great job holding onto the basketball, only turning it over on 15.6% of their possessions or in turning it over on 18.4 percent of theirs and certainly six points is not an easy spread um, for any team to cover you know when you get this deep into any tournament but it's a ucla team that is absolutely just run through the pac-12 this season got wins over oregon in both of their games even on the road looked very very good in that game and even with clark out even a man down for this ucla team looked good um, against colorado on thursday night i think they do it again i think they get a big win in this game I'm taking UCLA minus six here against Oregon.